and, it, and I looked at them and I, and I felt like I was robbing them. I felt terrible. I looked at them and, and then I shook it off. It's my house. I wanted a house. And I had to get back to my shark mentality. So I sat there and, and after I went and I, I closed the deal, I never my, my first realtor was named Eddie Editor. Never forget the guy. Very nice man. You know, Eddie Editor. Head house all over, and he was also Filipino. Now it tells you why I have an offer. It seems like the Filipinos are following me around. <laughs> but I, I get the house, I go into the living room, and I never forget this. Remember, I'm 24 years old, because I wasn't saved yet. And I sat in that house, empty house, and I wept. Now I didn't weep from joy, I wept. See, the desire I had was so intense to purchase that home, but sitting in the middle of my house, that unempty house that I had finally got, was so unsatisfying. Everything I thought I got, if I just get this, I'll be happy. If I just have it, as I can call my place, I know it's going to make me feel great. I'm going to have it. And I had it, and I sat there, and I remember I wasn't saved, and I go, this is it? Mm. I talked to myself, and then I looked at him, I go, this is it? You might as well kill me. I was middle, and I cried. I'll never forget that. It was a, it was a, my goodness. So it's also unsatisfying, and I'm not saying, no, listen, I'm not saying don't buy a home. Okay, no, no, I, in fact, I believe many people in our church, God's going to give you a home. But what I am saying, but don't, don't let anything become more important to you than God. Amen. Amen. See, my experience without God, even my new home did not satisfy me. Mm-hmm. I had bought my wife a brand new car. LeBaron, or the Chrysler LeBaron, rust color, right? Turbo, big old tire, it was a bad motor scooter, fire a car. Did it. I went out and bought me a 4x4 four four truck. Get okay, so a brand new apple lot. You know that, that, that car smell? I like the new car smell. They should make a cologne, new car smell. <laughs> but none of that stuff made me happy. Oh, none of it. No, no. It has been said that the desires of this world are like seawater. The more you drink of them, the more you thirst. So the reason you cannot drink seawater, if you ever know about seawater, is due to a process called osmosis. The kidneys can only create urine which is less salty than the water we drink. That's just the way our body functions. That means that your body would have to expose more liquid than the amount you drink. Which is impossible. So if you drink seawater, your, your pee would be so salty, your body would begin to look for water from your, from your airway, from your heart, from your lungs, from your legs, and start sucking the water out of all, every organ, every muscle tissue, right? Therefore, the effect of drinking water from the sea causes dehydration and you die. See, any desire satisfied outside of God simply, listen, any desire outside of God simply desires more. Come on. The unfulfillment is so immense that all one's gain 
will begin to suck the life out of you. All of a sudden, the very thing that you want to own and have dominion on you, you grab it, and without even realizing, and I see it all the time, they go and they want to grab these things, and the very thing that they wanted to have dominion over becomes their master. That's right. Come on. It happened all the time. Now, if you look at the test of a born-again believer, one is not marked as a believer by a mere profession of faith. You know, uh, you know Jesus, I know Jesus. Oh, you know Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. That is not the test of a born-again believer. Your mark is more than just saying a prayer. I, I said one time, I, I opened my heart, I said, Jesus, come in my heart. No, no, that's not the mark of a believer. Your mark is more than church service. Come on, that's right. Huh? A profession of faith really has to go through a proving process. Our opening scripture defines the test that, that you are a believer as being indwelt, here's a test, and led by God's Spirit. Verse 11, God's Spirit says, now lives in you. Amen? Can everyone say amen? Yeah. And then verse 14 says a very sobering statement, if you're not sure if the Holy Spirit lives in you. He says that those people, it says those people who are led by God's Spirit are His children. Amen. So without exception, the Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers in Christ. That's right. So if you are a believer in Christ, then, then the, we're saying the Holy Spirit dwells in us. But there's a mark that says the Holy Spirit's in you. Just because you say you know Jesus is, just because you, you say it with your mouth, is very irrelevant to the spiritual world. Paul uses the same idea when speaking of being sealed by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 4, 1, verse 13. In Ephesians 1.14, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, which was a very, which was one of the first mega churches. Some historians said over 20,000 members of the Ephesian church, and one of the most prominent members of that church was the mother of Jesus. Mary would sit in the pew. I would hate to have to speak to the mother of Jesus. What do you tell her? Have faith, woman? I mean, what do you say? But in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says. And you also were included in Christ. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, and here's the key, it says, you were marked with a seal. And that seal is described there. It says, the promised Holy Spirit. So when you're marked with a seal, it doesn't mean you have a Victory Outreach t-shirt. It doesn't mean you have Jesus loves you t-shirt or what would Jesus do wristband. No, when you are marked with the seal, it says you are filled and you have the promised Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I like what he says here. He says, who is a deposit guarantee. Come on. A deposit guarantee in our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now look at that. When I incorporated Victory Arts, you know, God had a way of giving us perfect analogy. When I incorporated the garage to Colorado Springs, I was given a seal. And I just so happened to have that seal with me. Try here. Right? In this seal, our recovery home, we have our recovery home graduate, and they, they go through all this stuff, right? We make their certificate, and then I put, I take this thing, and I put the paper with the little gold leaf, gold leaf um, sticker on it, and I and I squeeze it. I let it go. 
And what it does, it, it, it puts a seal, right? A little raised writing. You ever see those on your contract? A seal. The seal, the seal, the Holy Spirit seal, makes the document official. See, it's the seal in you, not the words you speak, but the seal that makes you official. Any officials in the house? Come on, ask your neighbor, are you official? See, evidence, no, evidence is required to ensure you're official. Because everybody can say, I'm official. Right? And unfortunately, God doesn't take a stamp and put a tattoo on your forehead. Right? The devil said he's going to be 666, but that's a different seal. But God doesn't put that. No, 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 no. On the contrary. But evidence is required to ensure you're official. David prays in Psalm 51.1, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, uh, the angel said to her, that the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Jesus told his disciples that he must go in order for the Holy Spirit to come. John emphasized that it is expedient for the church that Christ should go away. Christ goes in order that Christ, his work, may be applied to our soul. By what? By the seal. By the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had to go because the Holy Spirit had to get busy. He had to take his Holy Ghost seal and begin to stamp people. Come on. Come here. He's do right now. He's always stamping people. Right? Having believed. Interesting. It says you were marked in him with a seal. Right? The promised Holy Spirit. Not only is your seal evidence, but it's also a guarantee. Has anyone, I'm going to relate this to my home buying experience. Has anybody ever went to buy a home or maybe even rent an apartment? And I'm sure most of us have. The owner or the landlord often asks for what? A deposit. Right? See, the deposit simply seals the deal or holds the apartment or hold whatever you're purchasing until the required payment concludes the transaction. Correct? Either if you're renting first and last month's rent, right? Or if you're buying, you have a loan. Say loan. So you have a loan approval to buy a home. If you never bought a home, you gotta go to the bank, you get approved by a loan, you, you take that letter, that loan approval, to the, to the escrow, to the, to the people who are selling the house, and guess what? Boom! You're in the deal. The deal's not done yet. Yeah. Right? But you have the loan approval. That's, that's a good step. Amen? Amen. Amen? See, when you make an offer on a home, the transaction begins after, and here's the key, after you present, it's called an earnest money check. Have you ever heard of that? It's called earnest money. You're going to buy a house. If you want to buy a $200,000 house, nowadays you probably need 20%. They're asking for 20% if your credit's okay. So you got you to drop 40K now. Deposit. Or if you haven't really decided, some people say, well, you don't just give me $1,000 of earnest money until you're ready to really make put the deposit down towards the property. But what that earnest money, what it does, it holds the property. 
It's called earnest money. Now, if you don't, if you don't go through with the deal, guess what? You lose the money. You don't get that money back. It's earnest money. You said. So in other words, this money, I'm going to earnest money. So I got to deal with you. So the deal is in hand. Are you with me? But the earnest money will be placed in escrow. That's the title of our message. The escrow of your soul. To the escrow is a guarantee that you are serious about buying your home. Because a lot of people want to buy a home. Who wants to buy a home? We all want to buy a People want to buy a home. That's nothing wrong with it. But your words do not come become action until you put up the money. Show me the money! Well, right? You can talk all those stuff, but you, you want to make an offer? Give me some earnest money. Talk to my realtor. Talk to Eddie Edinger. Give him some money. And once you take that money, then he takes that money and puts it on escrow. Are you with me? See, escrow means the money isn't going directly to the seller. The money isn't going you know, directly to God. The money isn't going directly to the seller, but it's being held by an impartial third party. He's holding this in escrow. Your money remains in escrow until you and the seller negotiate a contract and close the deal. You can't touch it. The seller can't touch it. It's an escrow. Now, similarly, your soul is an escrow until Jesus comes back or you die. Oh, if you're through with the Holy Spirit, don't worry about it. Why? Because you're, you're an escrow. Are you with me? Yeah. Ah. But before these events happen, this is what you have to do. You must be led by Him. Because when you get saved, you don't die, right? You're an escrow. Boom, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's in you. Now, the evidence or the proof, the guarantee that you've been sealed means you must be led by Him. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. See, verse 14, if I remind you, only, the only, only, God's spirit are his children. Romans 7, 17, Paul used the same word when he says to dwell in. And he used that same word when he talked about the sin dwelling in him. Remember, the Holy Spirit is in you. And then he also speaks about the, 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 the sin being in you. Now check this out. Therefore, listen, Paul is saying that his sinful nature has not been eradicated by the entrance of the Holy Spirit into his life. In other words, we have competing voices battling for our attention. Anybody relate? Amen. Come on, you know, you know, you have the one voice. It's like the cartoon I always see with the, you have the bad angel on this, on this shoulder, and then you have the devil on this shoulder, and he says, "Don't do it." The angel goes, the devil goes, "Do it, do it, do it." And the little, the nice one says, "Don't do it, don't do it." And the dog guy, oh, don't listen to her. Uh, do it, do it. <laughs> Are you with me? We all have those little voices back and forth. Yeah. And why? Because they're in you. Now the proof that you are sealed is you don't listen to Chomuko, the devil. You listen to the right voice, the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit in you that is to lead you. Unfortunately, we all know that that's easier said than done. How many believers who say they're believers, but for some reason they're not following the right voice. Ah, now something comes into question. Right? See, we have those voices battling for our attention, for your soul. 
two entities are negotiating for your soul at the escrow table. And it happens through, for your entire life yeah. or until God comes back. Paul desired to serve the indwelling spirit instead of his sinful flesh. Amen. Are we with Paul? Yeah. See, most people that want to do right, they want to do the right thing. They don't want to listen to their sinful flesh. Hello. That's right. That's right. If Paul had been led by his own nature, one could question whether Paul, the Apostle Paul, was truly saved. The verse 11 reads in our opening scripture that God raised Jesus to life. God's Spirit now lives in you and He will raise you to life by His Spirit. So if you want to be raised to life, there's only one thing that you have to be filled with the Spirit, the guarantee that God brings Amen. Other scriptures describe this as having been born again. You probably heard that. In John 3, 3, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Born again, there's really been a change in me. That's old school right there. Born again, right? See, if you're born again, it is impossible for the dead flesh to rule over the live spirit on a permanent basis. Let me underscore permanent basis. Why? Because everyone makes mistakes. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. But 1 John 3.6 sends a warning. Right? Let me say it again. If you're born again, it is impossible for your flesh to rule over the life spirit on a permanent basis. John 1 1 John rather 3 6 reads like this. 1 John 3 6. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either been, has either seen him or known him. Right, Chihuahua. Now don't get mad at me, that's the scripture. I love you. Huh? See, so the born again believer follows the Spirit. Amen. The Lord does not produce us in a static, dormant stupor when we get when the Spirit enters. In other words, when the Spirit enters you, you're not like, yes, Lord, I will serve you. I am holy. No, 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 no. You, you're filled with the Spirit, but you still have your own stinking thinking in there, too. It's there. Don't listen to Pastor Al right now. You don't know what he's talking about. What about, uh, I want to be blessed and prosper me. Well, that's good too. That'll happen if you're led by the Spirit. But we're not talking about that right now. That's right. That's right. We want to make sure that we understand. We have to follow the Spirit. Amen. Yeah. See, the Lord does not produce us in that static stupor. I'm saved. Everything's better. I can go home. No, no, no. In fact, just the opposite happens. Well. We are really called into active combat. We are at war with the world. We battle with the flesh. And we bind and rebuke the devil. Amen. That's what happens when you get saved. It's not like, oh, I'm saved all night. No, 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 Jack. It's war. It's all like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm talking about? It's time to get on our kitty and slap some demons silly. It's time to rebuke our flesh. It's not rubbernecking. Hello, somebody. It's time to turn off the phone and get out the pornography. Oh, no, somebody. It's time to stop. Why? Because we keep on sinning. Maybe. 
maybe took my life. I don't know. See, verse 12 reads like this. My dear friends, we must not, we must not live to satisfy our desires. That's right. That's right. The only weapon against one's evil desires is this. It's not psychology. It's not a pepper sound. How's a counseling session? No, but that's good anyway. But that's not going to solve that your problem. The only thing that can solve your evil desire is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yes. That's it. That's the seal. That's the guarantee. Ah, guarantee. Huh? That's the guarantee. Now, I don't know about you, but I like a guarantee. Yeah. Huh? Anybody like guarantees? Yes. We ain't gonna buy a car with no guarantee. We go buy a car, we want that warranty. Oh, I got 36,000 mile warranty. Yeah. You buy your, your, your refrigerator to break down, you want a warranty. That's right. Huh? Yes, you do. We also need to bust down. So we have a guarantee if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. See, because we personally, now listen, I'm coming around, because we personally did not, so like we did nothing to merit the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Did you do anything to merit it? Do you deserve the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Do I deserve the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Nobody. I, the, the Pope doesn't deserve it. Pastor doesn't deserve it. Nicky doesn't deserve it. My pastor doesn't deserve it. Nobody deserves it. Ah, no, God says, if you confess Jesus Christ, I will do this. And He will do this if you're sincere. He opens you up. He comes in because we don't deserve it. We are indebted. Yeah. Yes, we are. We're indebted to God. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. All I deserve was hell. But God said, no, I'm giving you heaven. Yeah. Yes. We're indebted to God. I'm indebted to the Lord. Yeah. Right? What's that old song I was trying to sing? I owe a debt. I could not pay. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away, right? So now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. He did. I'm so grateful for that. There's another word you can use for that. I took a loan. Yeah. When you're indebted, you have a loan. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. When I purchased a campus, I had to take a loan. Well, I had a miracle happen. The first man purchased a property so I could have a shot at buying a property. And he let me buy it. The second man, another person, allowed me to qualify for a loan. That I didn't qualify for. Somehow my my Romans and Gavins, I, I meet people and I couldn't buy this place. I had this place. This guy bought it and said, Come on now, you gotta buy it. I go, man, I don't know how to buy it, man. I can't, I don't qualify for a loan. I nobody will give me debt. It'd be like somebody looking for Jesus. Jesus doesn't save me. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And there's one man said, No, you know this guy. I'm not mentioning the name because one day you're gonna come over and meet him. He goes, You know this guy? I go, yeah, I know him well. Well, Al, he owns the bank. I go, wait a minute. He owns a bank. He never even wrote those kind of guys got a lot of faith in them. Don't act like it. They got a lot of money, they don't act like they have a lot of money. They're real humble. I go, you kidding me? He goes, yeah, I just talk. Matter of fact, there he is. We were at a meeting. Hey, come here. And he brought him over, he was talking, like, hey, Al he's alone. He goes, you need a loan, Al? And I looked at him, I go, yeah, you own a bank? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, you know, tomorrow go down here and 
I filled out one piece of paper. He says, oh, he goes, oh yeah, you know, you got the loan, but you know, we need some paperwork. I go, yeah, so whatever. He gave me the loan before I even filled out the application. See, I have an experience. I understand it. And that's the same thing that happened with Jesus. If you're being led by the Holy Spirit and if I trust Him to do the right thing in your life, oh, He's going to come to you one day and say, no, you need to do this. And you're going to say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, that's up to you, Jack. Because yeah, yeah. if you are led by me, then you are my child. If you are not led by me, uh, in other scriptures, He says, I never knew you. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
Sunday. Huh? Do you follow the voice of the Holy Spirit or some other voice? Adam didn't follow the voice of his wife instead of the voice of God. Where? What voice do you follow? Hello? Are you out there? See, when we fail, listen, and I'm coming in from that, I promise. When we fail to make payments on our home, two things happen. Right? Or if you're renting, you're evicted. Right? In Colorado, they don't play. When they evict you, they evict you. I've seen it, man. People get evicted in Colorado, and all oh, their clothes, their dresser, their TV, all right, just boom, right on the corner. Sheriff comes in, da 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 They come and they, they evict you. They do it. Brutal. It's not like that in California. It takes like eight years to evict you. I mean, it's a trip in California. Over here, three days later, ah, that's that. Afuera. Now, if you're buying a home, the bank forecloses on you. Right? Single family home sales totaled 15,318 in 2006 in El Paso County. Last year, 1,287 foreclosures happened in Colorado Springs, in Victoria, Alcohol County. See, the same can happen if one doesn't make payments of obedience for the loan of your soul. Very same thing. Romans 8, 9, let's read it over before so we come to a close. If you are no longer ruled by your desire, but by God's Spirit who lives in you. People who, you, you, who don't have the Spirit of Christ in them don't belong to Him, but Christ within you. So you are alive because God has accepted you, even though your bodies must die because of your sins. Yet God raised Jesus to life. God's Spirit now lives in you, and He will raise you to life by His Spirit. My dear friend, we must not live to satisfy our desires. If you do, you will die. But you will live if you, if by the help of God's Spirit, you say no to your desires. Only those people who are led by God's Spirit are His children. Amen. See, there are, are inevitable consequences of our lifestyle. Paul declared that our way of life clearly just demonstrates that we have been born again into God's family. If we live after the flesh, though, we'll die. Such a person that lives that way clearly does not have the spirit in him. If one continues, more permanently, they continue, continue, continue. It's evidence, unfortunately, that they don't have the spirit. This person is in danger of foreclosure. Spiritual foreclosure means an eternity away from God. No matter what professional faith one makes, no matter what you might say, and you might try to work extra hard, but now you feel guilty and you want to do more for the church, and that's fine and dandy, but that's not the key. Right. Right. No. So no obedience, if one has no obedience, equals ultimately, this ultimately leads to a life that yields the fruits of the flesh. The act of civil nature in Galatians chapter 5 read like this, verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, 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 hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty clear and direct. We don't want to go into foreclosure. I pray that no one is here in foreclosure. And I looked at I looked at the word of witchcraft. It pounced off of me. I couldn't help it. It just kept coming to my mind. And I looked at that word of witchcraft or sorcery. It comes from the Greek word pharmakeia. The root word is pharmakeion. Pharmakeia means a drug, a spell-giving potion, a druggist or a pharmacist, a poisoner, a magician. Witchcraft. So witchcraft is what? A drug. If it's not a drug, it's a potion. Another word for potion is a liquid. We have a lot of liquids. Jack Daniels, Seagram 7, Black Velvet, Quero Casepas. We have a lot of potions out there. Hello, someone. Pharmacate, that is my friend, is called witchcraft. I don't care if it has Anheuser, Bush, or Coors. It's witchcraft. It's a potion. A poisoner, a magician, ooh, medical marijuana. Now, I understand there's probably a medical need for marijuana. Come on, but not everybody, not every time you got a headache, you got to smoke a joint. Oh, I got a headache. <laughs> Roll up that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. No, it's witchcraft. Okay, what you call it? As I close. See, those who follow the Spirit grow from the immature state of childhood, who follow the Spirit from the immature state of childhood or children to the maturity of, or it says, sonship. Children, it says, sons, children, in Romans 8 14, who have grown ups, now they're growing up, they voluntarily, what do they do? They conform to Jesus Christ. And just think, you know, you have to, would Jesus want to have, go to heaven and have a shot of tequila with you? Think about that. When you want to have a shot. When you want to have a tour. Would Jesus want to, hey, like, no, I don't like that one. You know, don't, don't, don't give me that. Give me the stinky one. The skunk weed over there. Would Jesus come on? See, as we're growing up, when we're children, we're learning, but we're not permanently stuck in there. Amen. So if you've done those things, I ain't trying to front you up, but those things happen. It's not that you've done them, it's that you're permanently sick to them. Well, so eventually you've got to step away. Why? Because you're going from a child to an adult. Right. Amen. I know some adults, they're, they're 60 years old, still slamming dope. they never grown up. Right. Caught in witchcraft. I do. Right. So you're, you're conforming to Jesus Christ. You may have made a mistake, but now you're waking up. Why? Because you, you, you said, God, come to my life. God, come to your life. The Holy Spirit is in you. And He's guiding you. He's conforming you. Changing you. And you're struggling even more. And you're not going to keep that stuff up. Why? Because you're the Holy Spirit in you, the two fighting voices, He's got to change you. Some people are changed like this. I was changed overnight. I got delivered one night. Boom. July 21st, 1985, I got saved. The next day, I didn't touch anything. No alcohol, nothing has crossed my lips since July 21st, 1985. And listen to me, I used to get hot. I was a pig. And God delivered me. Not everybody gets that. I don't know why. I thought God worked that way. But first, there's some people take a little bit more. 
Then a little, couple of cachetadas in the spirit, a couple of slaps, a couple of little spanks. Some people are different. So, but you have to conform. You have to begin to change. You have to grow up. Our conformity to Christ confirms as we are changing, not your perfect, you're changing, confirms that we are indeed born again and joined heirs of Christ. We're making our payments. You don't own the place. You gotta pay your way. Yeah. You're making your payments because you're an escrow. Mm. So when you fail to make your payment, the bank sends you warnings. You ever get there? Well, I've been there, been there, done that. They they they, they call you up. Those 800 numbers, you know what I'm talking about? Those predator calls. They're looking, they're looking for you. And you old. And you're hiding your car in the garage so they don't come tow it away. Anybody been there? No. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. You gotta hide that sucker, run back. Right? And they're looking for you. They're calling. Why? Because you haven't made payments. What? So they, 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 they don't just do that. They call you. And then they keep trying to contact you. See, 1 Corinthians 6.19 reads like this. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received? You're not your own. That's right. You were bought. That's right. So in other words, God has the deed of your life. He bought you. He put you in escrow. He sent the Holy Spirit to help you pay it back. It's like that banker. Oh, God, thank you. It's like that banker who gave me a loan I didn't qualify and believed that I was going to pay him back. Right? They're still believing, right? They're still believing, right? That's what God does. He, he just believes in you so much that He gives you the Holy Spirit. And He knows you're going to pay Him back. Why? Because you're going to begin to read the Word. And once, once you see it, you're going to say, I can't do that anymore. And you're going to conform. And you're going to read this more. And He says, hey, you have to be like this. And you go, wow, i got to be more sensitive to my wife. i got to live in understanding. So you begin to change a little more. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And you have to conform. Right. And then He shows you something else. And it's between you and Him. You either listen, obey, and are led, or you reject it. That's a great choice. They don't just, they contact any number that you may have put down as a reference. You ever, hey, I've had people call me, oh, do you know so and so? I go, yeah, he knows my brother. I go, why? Oh, we need to get a hold of my, I haven't talked to a guy in 15 years. And I hang up, man, call my brother, I don't want to talk to him. They contact that, they send that, but then it gets a little more deeper. They send you a letter in the mail. Or they hang something on your door. Say, hey, I'm trying to get hold of you. You haven't been paying. Even after they start proceedings on a foreclosure, you get another chance to make it right. And you know that's amazing. You're going through the foreclosure, man. You got one last chance. They said, look, if you come up with this money, we'll stop the foreclosure proceeding. You can have it. Are you with me? You understand that? Huh? This morning, I'm the credit collector. This sermon is an attempt to collect on a debt. Romans 4, 4. Romans 4, 4. Now when a man works, his wages are not credit to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, check this out. The man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited. 
as righteousness. I'm a debt collector. And I'm praying that your faith will cause you to say, I need to conform to Jesus. I have to be more obedient to the other voice. I haven't been listening to the right voice. So I'm a, I'm a debt collector right now. This sermon and your heart is being recorded by the Holy Spirit. All information gathered may be used in an effort to collect on a debt. I want everybody.